Now, as a marketer, how many times do you tell yourself, this is the year that you become your own boss, you know, start your own thing, maybe it's your own freelance business or actually your own agency. And how many of you let doubt, fear, or some other excuse keep you from actually doing that? Now, in this episode, you'll get inspired by our guest on what it takes to make that leap. Hey there, fellow marketers. Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast presented by themarketinghelp.co, your number one resource for proactively advancing and accelerating your marketing career. Quickly, a big thank you to our premier sponsor, LinkedIn Learning. Now listen, LinkedIn Learning, great solution for any marketer looking to do that leveling up of your marketing hard skills. Check out uh, this link and we've done all the hard work. We've curated all the right courses for you. Just go to themarketinghelp.co forward slash LinkedIn Learning. All right. It is time for another Career Moments episode. I'm really excited about this episode and our guest today, joined by the rising content marketing star, Liz Willits. And if you haven't followed her on LinkedIn yet, you definitely want to do that today. Uh, A lot of great content as Liz uh, recently made the successful transition to launching her own consultancy found at LizWillits.com. Now, as a content marketer, her specialty is crafting converting email funnels uh, and copy copywriting for SaaS companies specifically. Uh, so has, a, has found her niche there. Now, Liz provides some great tips in this episode on what makes great content uh, for copywriting and for emails. Plus, she shares her inspiring story on how she did transition from a stable in-house content marketing role to now being her own boss. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Liz Willits. Hey, fellow marketers, welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Careers Podcast. We are here. Great episode today. Great guest. Uh, officially, this is the number one marketer to follow on LinkedIn, according to her mom. And please welcome Liz Willits. Liz, welcome to the episode. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, best testimonial about myself. <laughs> I like that. And and what was the impetus to that? Just one day you're brainstorming and you said, hey, I got an idea. Let me try this as my my title for LinkedIn. Oh, I saw someone else on LinkedIn, their, their testimonial quote was something like one of the best accounts to follow on LinkedIn. And I was like, darn it. I wish, I wish I had a quote like that. And I was like, you know what? My mom would definitely say that for me. And uh, I thought it was funny. So sold. I like it. So career moments episode, and and we like to give our listeners a peek into a couple aspects of a marketer's career you know, their path for one and then day in the life. So starting with the path for you, um, walk us through your path, right? How did you get into marketing? How did you get into your specialty? Because clearly you have a very successful career in content, email, copywriting. So take us take us from the start to, to where you are today running your own show. Right. Yeah. So back in college, I was an English communications major and always got that question of, oh, so you're going to be an English teacher, right? And I knew for one thing, one thing for certain that I did not want to be an English teacher. And, um, you know, so throughout college, trying to figure out where I wanted to take my English degree and my communications minor. And as I was taking more and more communications classes, got very interested in marketing and decided to pursue that. And then there is this new-ish field called content marketing, uh, which is crazy to think that it was relatively new at that point. And I thought it would be perfect because it combines my love of writing and my skills at writing with marketing. Uh, And uh, that's how that idea began. And I applied to a bunch of jobs once I graduated 
ended up getting uh, a job in a suburb near me at a tech SaaS company. Um, mm-hmm. And that SaaS stands for uh, software as a service. Mm-hmm. And they did interior design software. And I was doing all kinds of marketing for them, but predominantly content marketing. And really learned a ton about content there and a lot about uh, software as a service tech. And then from there, I got a job at AWeber, which is where we met Eric. Mm-hmm. Yep. And AWeber is another uh, SaaS technology company. I got a role there as a content marketer and uh, did all kinds of content creation for about five years. And towards the end of my time at AWeber, I I started to do a lot of speaking, a lot of webinars, and um, just getting more, building a personal brand around what I knew about content. And uh, around a year ago, I made the move, left my job, and started my own, um, I guess you would call it agency, uh, where I do marketing, uh, specifically content and copy, and mostly for uh, SaaS technology companies. So I've been working in SaaS for about eight years now, <clears throat> and uh, I'm still working in SaaS. Now, what, so that's interesting because um, I, I forgot that the company before AWeber was actually a SaaS tech company. And I guess my question is, uh, you, you, did you fall into that job and then realize, hey, SaaS seems interesting, let me continue that path, which led you to an AWeber interview? Or was it... Um, was there a focus and an interest in that before you even left college? It's really funny because I was talking about this very thing to a friend about a week or two ago. I accidentally fell into SAS in my first role. Right. And then I ended up at AWeber, not because it was uh, a SAS role. That's not why I chose AWeber, but because they had a really cool office yeah. and uh, they were local. And, uh, you know, it was all the wrong re- reasons, of course. Um, but that was why I initially got interested in, in that. And so it was a complete accident, but I'm really, really grateful for it because SAS is a great, is a great line of work to be in. First off, I'm I'm extremely passionate about it. Second off, like I get to work with some of the most innovative, latest technology out there, which if you love tech, it's Mm -hmm. so exciting. Mm -hmm. And then three, um, successful tech companies have huge budgets. So they are great to work for. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, it's, it's very fortunate, but I kind of accidentally fell into it. And it's kind of helping to shape your niche now with your agency where, you know, you know, it so well, having done it for, you know, almost 10 years. Um, and you, are you finding that that focus in that niche is helping you with, uh, getting clients? Yeah, it's, it's definitely helping, especially, um, like having that experience and going in and having a common language right from the beginning where, I know all of the tech that a SaaS company is typically going to use, all of the marketing tech. I don't need to learn it. I can go into a SaaS startup and recommend tech that they should be using or strategies that they should be using. And uh, it's the experience has been very helpful. And then once I left, um, once I started my own company and got one of my first uh, SaaS roles on my own, that really helped to land other SaaS roles as well. Now, if you had to educate somebody, you know, in a sentence or two about here's the biggest thing you need to know about working in marketing for a SaaS company, what would you tell them? 
you need to know tech. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And ideally like it. Uh, there's uh, a lot of tech out there. One of the best ways to be a great SaaS marketer is to know the tech you're marketing inside and out. One of the most common mistakes I see is that marketers that don't know the tech they're marketing. And uh, it's it's much easier if you're very comfortable with tech and you can quickly learn it. And if you know the tech inside and out and you know the market, uh, that is going to make a huge difference. Yeah. And it's the biggest job opportunity, I think, for marketers where they may be using Canva day in, day out for a project. And why don't you just, why don't you look for jobs at Canva, uh, you know, or whatever the tool is that you use on a day-to-day basis, because you are the customer. So it makes sense. And you have a leg up for somebody coming in cold from another industry. So I think that's a great, a great tip. Now, speaking of mistakes, when you look back on, you know, call it when you're working for companies, what was the biggest mistake you made in your marketing role early on? Hmm. That's a good question. I think getting comfortable probably mm. would be one of them. Uh, both of my roles, I was there for over two years in both roles, uh, Eddie Weber for five. And at a certain point you get comfortable and you relax a bit and don't necessarily keep pushing. And uh, that can you know, hold back career progress for sure. And then the other thing I would say is communication is key, both verbal and written. And if if you think it's okay that you don't have good communication skills, I would challenge you to really uh, work on those communication skills because no matter who you're talking to, whether you're talking to someone internally or externally, good communication skills are going to make a huge difference in progressing your career and in marketing yourself. Um, when you're when you're marketing your career, and you should think about it as marketing yourself, uh, communication is really going to help with that. Absolutely. Now, when you think about in the last almost a year working for yourself, uh, what are some mistakes you've made uh, in that time frame? Or let's call them learnings, right? So it's been a year, you know, for anybody looking to kind of give it a go on their own, what's what, what's a learning you can share with them? One tendency uh, that's very common is the underbill uh, because you're worrying about um, that the client won't accept it or they'll just, you know, laugh or whatever, uh, or you don't you don't recognize your own value. So I've learned to bill more and to bill higher. And I found that even sometimes when I send an invoice that, or a proposal and I'm like, well, this is, this is, this is a bit much uh, that, Sometimes even even those invoices will get accepted. Uh, so I read some good advice a few, a few weeks ago, uh, which was test your pricing, uh, test and see what the market will bear, and um, keep increasing and testing. And you're going to get some that say no, and that's okay. Uh, it's good to test and to challenge that. Nice, absolutely. And I think there's there, there's always that that. Uh, hesitancy to, should I charge this? And there's no way I could get paid for this, but you're right. The reality is if there's demand, if you're good, uh, people will pay it. Uh, You talked earlier about, so you think about your career path and, you know, how much of, of uh, an impact you talked about building your personal brand, doing some speaking, how much of an impact was that in supporting you when you went out on your own? And for those listening that are maybe, working for the agency or just getting started in maybe a new marketing role. Talk about the importance of personal branding, but more importantly, how easy is it to get started? If uh, no matter what, personal branding is one of the key things you can do in your career, differentiate yourself and 
to advance. My own journey in personal branding and my lack of personal branding in like the first five years of my career, um, it's had a, a huge impact. And I started speaking and posting regularly on LinkedIn and building a following on LinkedIn about a year before I left my my company. And that made a, a monumental difference because in, in the last year, a lot of my gigs and a lot of my clients have come through uh, my LinkedIn and my personal brand that I built on LinkedIn. So that's been massive. Um, and what was the second part of that question? Just how, how can someone get started to build a personal brand? Everyone thinks it's hard and I don't, you know, they need a, a professional website, but is it as simple as just being consistent and posting in a particular network? Yeah. I would say don't don't come up with 20 things that you need to do to start uh, your own personal brand. Come up with one area where you can really focus. Uh, so for instance, I focus a lot of my time on LinkedIn and I've optimized my LinkedIn profile and I post almost every day on LinkedIn and I'm on there a lot commenting. I have uh, lead gen pieces that I promote on my LinkedIn profile and I per- pay for LinkedIn premium, which is it's kind of expensive for what you get. And it's like around 60 bucks a month, but I'm all in on LinkedIn. LinkedIn works for me. The ROI is there and it's effective for me because my market's there. You know, I, I work with B2B um, clients mostly, and a lot of businesses are on LinkedIn. So I would say choose a platform where your audience is, perhaps that's Instagram, perhaps it's Twitter, perhaps it's LinkedIn, you know, wherever it might be and go all in on it and be really consistent. And the first few months when everything fails, ignore the temptation to give up, just keep going because your first few posts you create or the first time, few times you do something, it's going to be crickets. Like no, no one's going to be paying attention to it. And it's um, I remember feeling stupid. Like, why am I, why am I posting these things? No one's looking at it and I feel stupid for trying. And you got to just kind of push through that because with content on social media or anywhere, consistency is the key to building an audience. Nice. Nice. So for those listening, when they think about, you know, there's an interest in content as you describe it and, and people feel like, hey, I'm, I'm good at copy or I want to get better copy or the content marketing, email marketing combo. You know, for someone interested in that interested in that path, what's the best way to prepare for it? I mean, there's no magic bullet. There's no pill you take and you're good at it overnight. But is there uh, a course? Is there a guide? Is there something you would recommend people start with to really get a, a good feel for um how content marketing, email marketing works. Yeah. So as far as writing copy, I always recommend um, copy hackers. They have, and they have so many free resources. They have um, courses they sell, which are, you know, they're, they're expensive, uh, but they also have a ton of free resources on writing copy and on how to write copy that converts. And my stance on content is that if content isn't written with the, ability to convert, then it's not really doing its job. And so conversion principles should apply to content. So that's why if you want to be in content, I recommend studying conversion copywriting and checking out copy hackers. Uh, As far as content resources themselves, I would check out marketing profs uh, for, for a lot of courses that they have on there. Digital Marketer has some good courses uh, as well. And then for email marketing, uh, wow. Um, I'd check out the AWeber blog, ConvertKit's blog, 
um, and really good emails. Uh, so I hope that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. helpful. Good, good, good places for people to start investigating those, those channels. So before we wrap up the, the career path section here, what in your mind is the next the next stop on your career path? Do you have thoughts of of where where it goes from here? I mean, you're you're doing a great job. It sounds like you're you're very successful in running your own thing. Is that is that where you'll be for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I I go back and forth on this a bit. It's what I'm doing right now. I love and I'm happy with. Uh, but my my next step that I want to work towards is uh, building a SaaS product and, uh, you know, running a SaaS business. So that's my, that's my dream down the road. I don't know how soon that's going to happen. A big part of that is meeting a technical co-founder and, uh, you know, going from there because that's for my vision, that's, you know, what I want. Uh, But yeah. So for now, marketing agency, eventually I would, uh, I dream of building a SaaS product. So if there's anyone uh, in a technical nature that is interested in starting a company, definitely contact Liz. <laughs> uh, so, so good stuff, Liz. So we, we, you know, in-house has been your path and then, Hey, why not? I can do this uh, successfully for myself, took the leap. So we'll get into uh, more about that in a little bit, but let's take a break first and we'll come back and get into day in the life. Now this episode of the marketing careers podcast is sponsored by HRF's webmaster tools. Now, As marketers, we know that knowledge is power when it comes to finding ways to to grow your business. And every marketer has their favorite tool to get that intelligence, to get the insight, but often comes with that hefty uh, or confusing pricing model. Now, if you're a marketer, you've heard of the tool, the SEO tool, Ahrefs, right? But did you know that they now offer access to their main site research products for free? All you need to do is go to ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. You can access all the power of their site audit and site explorer tools for nothing, for free. So uh, there's even a great walkthrough video when you get there. I'll walk you through and tell you how to get started in in minutes. Now, listen, this tool goes way beyond what you can get in Google Search Console, and you're unlocking insights for your site that will help you be successful, be more competitive. And listen, the Ahrefs Webmaster Tools aren't just for the SEO team, right? So the content marketing team are going to use this tool to find the right trending topics, key terms, understand how to drive more traffic of the right traffic to your web content. Social media teams can identify which content is actually getting the most earned media and engagement. So, hey, the marketing manager, right? It's time to empower your teams. Let them start making more strategic decisions with Ahrefs for free. And remember, listen, Ahrefs, you don't have to be an SEO pro to rank higher and get more of the right traffic. So get started right now at hrefs.com forward slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Now let's get back to the episode. And we're back with Liz Willits, and we're going to talk more about a day in the life for somebody focused on content, email, copywriting. You talked about earlier, Liz, about conversion copywriting. So in, how about this? In in three sentences or less, describe what it is you provide to your clients today. Copywriting and content for SaaS and e-commerce businesses that helps them grow their business and increase revenue. That's yeah. kind of one sentence, but that's, <laughs> that works. that's, that's that how works. I would say it. Okay. 
So when you think about, you know, unpacking a day in the life, you know, maybe let's look at it from two angles. One is, you know, when you're working in-house at these SaaS companies, so working for a brand, uh, working in content, creating the content, you know, paint the picture for somebody who maybe is in that role just started or is looking to hire for that role. What should they be preparing and thinking about for that, you know, content marketing role? Yeah. So a day in the life for content marketer and then how to prepare for hiring. Yeah. 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 So there's two two ways, there's two different ways that a content marketing role can go, go and it depends upon the size of the company you're going to. Uh, if you're going to a massive company, you will probably do one very specific area of content. And if you're going to a smaller company, you're going to have uh, a much wider range of responsibilities. So for instance, I've worked at uh, smaller companies when I was in-house, and now I consult with really large SaaS companies. And so I've seen both worlds. So let me start with the small company. Mm-hmm. So at a small company, if you're a content marketer, you'll be wearing a lot of hats. Uh, as the content person, you are going to be seen as the writer and the person who can write really well. And so pretty much everyone on your team is going to either come to you for editing or for writing any kind of content. And so this could be emails, this could be website content, it could be blog posts, it could be scripts, uh, pretty much anything that needs to be written and both uh, from all areas of the funnel. So you're going to get demand gen content, you're going to get product marketing content. So uh, for instance, product marketing content might be white papers or case studies. Uh, and then um, demand gen content might be top of funnel blog posts, uh, website copy. Um, it might be lead generation pieces. And so you'll be wearing a lot of hats, writing emails, maybe managing the your email marketing platform. And so what I, I love working at a small company in content, and I recommend that uh, for people who want to learn all the different sides of content. And then from there, you can figure out what you really like. Uh, So for instance, do you prefer product marketing over demand gen marketing uh, or or brand marketing? Um, And uh, find out what you like and you can go narrow from there. Now that's a small company. At a large company, you're probably going to be either on the demand gen side of things or the product marketing side of things. And um, you might just write blog posts and that might be your entire role if you're at a large company. And, and in that case, it's your development in other areas has to, you know, it's got to be a conversation with your manager or something you take on yourself to get extra reps in those other areas besides the blog posting, unless that's something that you want to do. And then, then you're in, in heaven. So, um, you know, advice to, there's a VP of marketing listening saying, yep, I know I need to solve this problem of writing content because I don't know how to write. And the person, the options we have now are not good. I don't want to outsource. What's the advice to that VP when it comes to hiring somebody for content? What would you tell them to do so that uh, you put this person person in a position for success? Hmm. Well, make sure you have the budget to support a content team. Uh, that's one thing. If you if you hire content marketers and they don't have any of the tech they need to be successful, then it's just a, a waste of budget, really. And so before making that hire, what I would say is look at what kind of content tools you're going to need um, to be a successful, to have a successful content team and figure out what that budget looks like. Uh, because that's a big part of the decision of whether you're going to go all in on content. Because a lot of brands 
they they decide, oh, we need content. I'll hire one content person, but they're not really going to have any budget. They're just going to write all day. And uh, that's not going to be super successful for you. Um, and so if you're going to do, if you're going to invest in content, make sure you have the budget for the tools and then for an employee who can actually write. Um, so I would look at uh, when you're in that hiring process, can this person write? What are their writing skills like? Get examples from them of their written content. And this may be uncomfortable for you, especially if you're not a content person yourself or not a writer yourself. Um, so you can have other people review the the um, the pieces that they send to you to see what they think of them from a writing perspective. But you definitely want to get writing samples. Make sure they can write and hit the ground running in that area. I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, you're right about the budget because some some companies don't know what they don't know. And, you know, it also feels like, you know, be open to listen to suggestions regardless of level, right? Because I think content marketers, even if you're a year or two in, have a pretty good perspective on what is necessary to make uh, a good content marketing effort beyond just writing blogs. Um, so something you've done a lot, you know, in your, your day in the life in-house and you're doing now in terms of writing email funnels. And you post a lot of, about this in LinkedIn, which anybody listening should definitely be following you there because you you drop some really good content. There seems to be a renaissance of email marketing. Now, we can we have a perspective having worked in email for, for the years we did. But when you're doing the writing and seeing the successes, you know, what is the tip to marketers out there about, you know, the, the this, I'll call it a renaissance of email, but the importance of email. And, you know, what's a tip for marketers on how to make sure they're not underutilizing it? Or what's the easiest way to make sure you're getting the most from an email marketing campaign? So here's here's my advice on, on email. Build a strategy. Send valuable content regularly. And by valuable, I don't mean just product education. Uh, you know, if you're just sending product education, then you're only speaking to your customers. You want to send content that's valuable to both leads and prospects. And so when we look at this email renaissance, the the companies I immediately think of are the Skim, Morning Brew, Finimize, uh, and there's a ton of others like Robinhood Snacks who are killing it with basically daily email newsletters. And so what they're doing in those daily email newsletters is providing a useful service, which is sending information that people want, curating information. We're in the age of information overload. And so they're curating the most important information for people and they're showing up regularly. So it's regular email cadence plus valuable content. And that's the key to a great email strategy. Done. And what's interesting about some of those newsletters is that they even ask for more specifics, preferences, so that, you know, this this one-to-many sending strategy can only get you so far unless you're, you know, you're crafting and asking for, you know, picking up other nuances to make sure that it's as segmented as possible based on interest. But I, I 100% agree with, with uh, the strategy first as, yeah. as opposed to uh, the batch and blast, which which is uh, painful to hear. 
Um, when you think about the other things you're doing, you know, with your with your clients now, where it's the content you're developing, the strategy uh, for somebody who wants to do that now, you know, here's the thing: a lot of people think a strategy is a tactic, but what's the skills that somebody could be developing so that they're prepared for uh, effectively running a content marketing strategy, whether it's in-house or with clients? Like soft skills. Could be soft skills. I mean, unless there's, you talked about communication being important earlier, uh, but when it comes to that, you know, ability to craft a strategy, you know, paint the picture, you know, of the map so that then can navigate. Is there any skills that come, other skills that come to mind? Maybe there are some hard skills too. The ability to take the vision in your head and convey it to your team is very important because in your head, it's going to make a hundred like, you know, hundred percent, it's going to make so much sense. It's just going to make so much sense in your head. And because of that, when you communicate that vision to your team, you're probably going to skip steps and uh, not really communicate what's going on in your head or why you have this vision. And so it's really important to communicate the vision, the why behind you're doing this and to know numbers and to have numbers tied to things. Uh, so, I would say communicate your vision again and again and again, keep going at it. And uh, also when you're building a strategy, um, it's about the results you're going to get from that strategy. And so you need to know the numbers and also cut the fat. Like Mm -hmm. if you, if you invest and go all in on blogging for six months or maybe a year and you give, give it a ton of effort and then you see that it's not doing anything for you, stop, get rid of your blog. You know, a lot of people feel like they have to be everywhere with content. You know, I need to have a blog. We need to have a YouTube channel. We need to have a podcast. We need to be present on social media everywhere. And that's their strategy. Be everywhere. That's not a strategy. That's a, you know, that's a a huge net where you're hoping to catch as much as you can. Uh, A strategy is, is choosing, especially if you don't have the manpower to be on all those platforms, choosing the platforms where your market is going to be and where you're finding success. And so, yeah, that, that, that's, that's my advice. Nice. So, you know, something we, we hit to earlier, but I want to maybe dive a little bit deeper into because uh, I think it's important for everyone to hear, but when you look at your LinkedIn posts and your success in using LinkedIn uh, and your, and your effort you put into LinkedIn to, to help your personal brand, get clients, all those things, What's the advice to somebody who wants to do that too, uh, or wants to get better at leveraging LinkedIn as a tool, um, or maybe even leveraging LinkedIn as uh, a way to perfect their copywriting? So maybe talk about your approach and process when it comes to how you craft your content that you then post in LinkedIn. For sure. Yeah. So one of the first things I do in one of the most important parts of a, of a good LinkedIn strategy is, is having ideas and having good ideas. So I keep a Google doc. It's around 90 pages at this point of ideas. And then I also have um, notes on my phone of ideas. And as I have ideas throughout the day, I jot them down. Often ideas come the moment you don't want them, like the moment you're in the middle of something else. So it's important to have the ability to write those down. And often they come through professional situations. Those tend to be the best kind of posts. So for instance, um, 
you know, maybe you're working in-house and this really frustrating situation happens for you and you're frustrated by it. Well, chances are, while you might feel that you're alone in this frustration, chances are a lot of other marketers or a lot of other people are feeling that same thing. And so that could be the perfect post. And so jot down those post ideas. You can flesh them out later. Um, But the first part is having good ideas and understanding uh, your market well enough. And often if you are your market, which is often the case of personal branding, not always, but often, um, then it's, it's partly understanding yourself and knowing, hey, I'm feeling this way, or I noticed this really interesting thing. Let me share that. Um, And uh, so that's one thing. Two, consistency. I've mentioned this a couple of times. But posting consistently, when I take a break from posting, even though I have about 30,000 followers at this point, if I take a break from posting, I notice a huge drop off in engagement once I start posting again. So consistency is really important. um, And you'll start to gain headway as you post consistently. And post formatting is another thing uh, that is really important. And as far as post formatting, what I recommend is short sentences uh, and short paragraphs and making it easy to read. And when you look at the post, uh, and this is kind of, um, I don't even know how to explain how to do this, but it should look good visually. And some of that is, you know, people will just have one sentence after one sentence after another looks really repetitive to the eye. And so you want things to look varied as well. Mm. Uh, So that's probably not the most well-explained, uh, you know, concept there, but, um, yeah. I think definitely checking your, your posts for, you know, some ideas is, is a starting point because I've seen how you've mixed in some of the short and sweet and some of the, uh, longer posts, but, uh, listen, like you said, this is something, be consistent, try it. And it's not going to work for everybody, but there's a right way to go about it. Um, you know, to leverage this for your personal brand, because, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's also recognizing that the most underutilized valuable platform right now for anybody to build their personal brand is LinkedIn. And, you know, you give some good tips there on how to, how to maximize that, that, that exposure. So anything else, any other, you know, tips or advice you can give somebody who's looking to jump into the world of content copy or email? Here's another LinkedIn tip I wanted to add, which I've noticed works really well very come up with a plan for the type of posts you're going to post each week and uh, vary those kinds of posts. So now each week I always do an engagement post, uh, what I call an engagement post purpose of an engagement post is just to get people to comment on it. So it asks a question that people are going to want to comment on. uh, And the reason that that is great, you're not going to get a ton of likes on these posts. You're not going to get a ton of reactions on them. But what I've noticed is that when someone comments on one of my posts, or if I comment on someone's post, uh, their posts all start appearing in my feed all the time. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get a few hundred people or even a dozen people to comment on your post, then your your future posts are more likely to appear in their feed. So I always have one of these engagement posts every week. Sometimes I'll throw in a LinkedIn uh, survey, which they tend to get a ton of engagement. And uh, then I'll do a shorter post uh, on a broader topic, a long post on kind of like a mini case study where I'm talking about something I did that worked. And so come up with a plan for the type of post you're going to post each week and then vary those posts. 
I like it. I like it. Uh, great tips there. So I've been talking about your LinkedIn profile a lot here today. So when it comes to places where our listeners can connect with you, you know, ask more questions, maybe pick your brain, maybe learn more about, you know, what you're offering as an agency, where's the best place for them to connect with you besides LinkedIn? LizWillets.com is my website. And I also have a, th- a free guide on there. Uh, it's about how to get great email open rates. So if you'd like that guide, you can snag it on LizWillets.com. And then if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me at Liz as Liz at LizWillets.com. Awesome. And I'll include that in the show notes so everyone can get in contact with you. So Liz, last question. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. When you look at your your marketing career so far, what's been the most impactful career moment in your marketing career? Leaving my job and starting my own business. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, um, and it's funny because we talked about this earlier about the conversation we had almost a year ago of you thinking about it and not really expecting all this, the success that you had, but what a testament for just making the leap, right? You know, you, you weighed your, your risks and rewards, but you took the leap and look at you now. So- <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. Great stuff. Um, I'll share all that information in the show notes. Uh, Liz, thanks for joining us and, and best of luck with the agency. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Eric. All right. Great stuff. Big thank you to Liz Willits for joining us in this episode. Now, for someone who's watched Liz's career grow tremendously over the past few years, it's been great to watch her not just develop her hard skills, but also her confidence along the way that, as you heard, led her to uh, taking the leap, launching her successful consultancy uh, that sounds like it's only growing by the month. So congrats to Liz on that. Now, Liz also gave us some of those great content marketing tips and ideas. For one, how to brainstorm great content, uh, the importance of building your personal brand, and, and most importantly, it's how to master LinkedIn as a vehicle for both the content that you create and your personal brand. So big thank you to her for, for sharing those tips. Now, what you want to do next is check out the show notes uh, for ways to connect with Liz. And like I said before, ch- check out her content on LinkedIn. See how she does it. She she p- makes some posts some great co- engaging content. See how she does it. Find ways to connect with her. Plus, also find some links to some other valuable content marketing and career resources. Now, listen, if you're looking to consider a transition for yourself to your own consultancy, agency, freelance career, whatever it may be, let us know how we can help. Jed and myself have both done that in our careers, so we'd be happy to provide some more advice, some guidance, maybe help you with that transition plan. So shoot us an email, connect at themarketinghelp.co, connect at themarketinghelp.co. Let us help you take the leap. All right, until next time, this is your host, Eric Harbison. And remember, today is a great day to start advancing your marketing career.